Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing that's just feeding your greed. Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it. We just started doing this thing called Patreon, where we uh, have a certain number of Patreon supporters because we refuse to do pod- advertisements on our podcast because advertisements suck. And um, so we're going to do a, a quick bonus segment for the folks who are the thousand people who are here in the theater, plus the thousand people who are listening at home who uh, are a Patreon supporter over at patreon.com slash the minimalist. So we'll do a, a quick bonus segment and answer uh, at least a, a couple questions here for them. So now I get to hear myself on the podcast and on the Patreon because I do contribute. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Here's your $5. Thank you. <laughs> my name's Diana. I'm from Buffalo, New York. Uh, made the drive up with my husband. Awesome. Thanks for making the drive. Uh, yeah. And I thank heard you. you say a few weeks ago that you grew up a Bills fan, Ryan, and I'm like, well, shit. Nobody becomes a Bills oh. fan, so you must have family. Oh, yeah. I, like, Nobody I'm like, chooses that destiny. No. <laughs> no. Anyway. <laughs> Um, but I've been reading your blog for almost five years. I, I, we had a coaching call last year. I have your books. I, I've, I'm really good at getting rid of shit. So I've got that part down. And um, my husband's even on board. He's not a minimalist, but he has probably a quarter of the shit. Uh, sorry. Um, although we're having a baby, so we're adding more. But the problem that I have, carefully and deliberately, um, the problem that I have is that I'm really good at getting rid of shit. But I'm not good at putting it back. So... I've come back to your book. Uh, well, I've re- read them all, but I have minimalism. It's my one book. I was an English major, too, so that's a big deal. I have one book now. Oh, wow. Um, and I come back to it because even though I have fewer things and they all have meaning, I'm missing something. And it's being deliberate about putting things back in. I used to be obsessed. You know, I had People, Entertainment Weekly, all the stupid magazines. I, uh, I, bought sh- I went on a lot of trips, but I bought stuff, and it was all my credit cards. I say shit a lot. Sorry. I'm working on that before the kid comes. Um, <laughs> like, desperately. But, uh, like, now, I have no idea what's going on in pop culture. I've never seen Game of Thrones. I don't know any of that shit. I'm cool with that. But um, I find that I, my husband and I talk about our values a lot, and um, that poor man. Is it quarterly? No, it's not scheduled. But Do you I use kind of force sheets? it. I'm like very dramatic and hormonal too, so it's always very like, oh, it's the end of the world. Are we supposed to talk about our values? But it's important to me. But I'm finding that my day-to-day activities still aren't. Uh, so I'm going from the vague generalities. I have them, but I can't quite get to the granular day-to-day. And I don't want to schedule it because I work in marketing and social media already. So I'm staring at a screen, and I'm on the sites that I hate all day long. But, so how do I align the rest of my day with my values without scheduling myself ad nauseum? Yeah, yeah. Uh, That's I, my pithy question. Well, <laughs> here's, here's, it actually has to do with the opposite of scheduling, I think. I think it's removing things from your schedule. Yeah. It's saying no more frequently and getting better at saying no. Uh, I'll tell you, sometimes when someone is really persistent about, um, yeah, I'd really love to have you on our podcast or whatever, and, and it's great. I'm, I'm really, I feel really fortunate that people ask us to do certain things, and my response will be very kindly, but I will say, you know, I know this is really important and really urgent to you, and I can appreciate that, and I'm grateful you gave us the opportunity. But you have to realize that I'm operating on a different time frame right now. I'm operating one year out. My next year tends to be planned. And so I can't say yes to anything that doesn't serve what we're working toward, the direction we're going in, unless it serves that. And by the way, if I do say yes to you, 
it means I have to say no to something else. And, and if I set that expectation with people, that allows me to remove stuff from my calendar. If you look at my calendar now, there's not a whole lot of stuff on it, and that's really intentional. Man, that was great, man. Um, <laughs> No, I, I mean, I, well, because I, I have this talk all the time with uh, a lot of my uh, mentees about how they've got to get better at saying no. And at the end of the day, it's like, you know, if you show me your calendar, I will show you your priorities. And it doesn't mean that, you know, you're, you're wasting time, but you're obviously trying to, you know, fit too much in. And the only way to get better at saying no, it's to practice. It's the only way. And, and you know what, people who, uh, not just, you know, people who are really close to you in your life, like your husband or maybe a close friend, but, you know, even on the, on the periphery or, or, or even further than that, like when, when someone reaches out to us to do a podcast and we're like, no, man, like, sorry, we're in the middle of a tour right now. Yeah, we've got a three-day break here, but kind of want to spend that with my partner. Um, I don't want to give that time up for a podcast. Um, you know, thanks for the offer. Um, maybe get a hold of us uh, next year or, you know, feel free to reach out to us again. If that person has like a negative effect or, you know, is affected negatively or, you know, like they're, they're, uh, they're they are um, coming back at us, which I've never had this happen, but if they came back to us and they were like, you guys are so stuck up, you only want to be on, you know, big podcasts, which, you know, none of that would be true. But if that's how they came back to me, I, all, I, all I would think to myself is, wow, I'm really glad I told that person no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really glad I, I, I'm not building a relationship with this person. So uh, what I'm getting at is, is like when you do say no to people, uh, if, if they do love you, if they respect you, if they want to support you, then it's not, going to, um, it's not going to offend them. Neither one of you gave me anything pithy. Oh, What's that? <laughs> are we doing pithy answers? Oh, are we doing, doing pithy? That's oh, no, no, no. Oh, this it's is just for Patreon. That's yeah, right. this is, we're weightlifting right now. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> we're lifting the weight. That. Hey, this is our show. Go sit down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's good to see you. <laughs> Thank you so much. All right, we, we have, I know there's a crazy line. We have time for two more, and I want to apologize to the rest of the audience. I'm, I'm so sorry, but we can, we can definitely do two more. And then... <laughs> and teaching. I don't know what that means. I mean, I know what it means. I know what the definition of we're, teaching we're is. We're teaching, we are teaching you how to say no. Oh, yes. <laughs> Thank you. Go for it. Howdy. What's your name? Jody. Hey, Jody. Hi, Jody. From Port Perry. Cool. Uh, east of the city. And this is nerve-wracking, asking this question to a microphone. I was hoping I would have it better formulated when you I try being up here. up here. It's pretty nerve-wracking. I bet it is. <laughs> Um, I, I was really excited to come here. I've seen your documentary a number of times with my husband and my kids, and I've read your blogs, and I've seen your TED Talks, and so I kind of knew what to expect coming here, and it doesn't disappoint at all. And one of the things I realized when I was speaking to uh, friends saying I was coming here and was that you chose a moment in your life and made that your story, which I think is amazing, is that if I could find my story and just live that and make that my career, that would be incredibly awesome. So I'm, I came here to hear your story live, which is awesome, and I'm really happy to be here. But I want more. And instead of moving away from consumerism, I want to hear 
what I should be moving towards. So what does your days look like? It's, it doesn't have stuff, but what does it mean to wake up in the morning? Is it like you put on your, your outfit that you put on every day? I never take this off, I just sleep in it. <laughs> Saves time. I bet it does. You're one of those take out an outfit if you're already wearing it. And is your house perfectly clean and you have like the most amazing coffee machine and you sit down? Like, the best yeah. coffee machine. And that's funny. I literally have like a, um, it's like a plastic pour over thing. I put a filter in and like some grounds and then. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. If you could give it's, a snapshot, I know I, sure. I want everyone to give as many questions in as possible, but what are we moving towards with minimalism? What, what does our days look like when we don't have stuff? What, what replaces that? What interactions and what do we have in our life that replaces stuff? Yeah, I, I, think, I think the short answer is that your values replace the stuff. And, and so for, for me, it's, it has a lot more to do with experiences. But it's also, I, I want to be clear, I still have stuff. It augments the experience of life as opposed to getting in the way of it. So I'm, I'm, it's become less of a... a intellectual exercise and more of a feeling now like I, I really did go around asking does this thing add value to my life does this thing add value to my life as an intellectual exercise over and over until you get to a point where you can just like pick up a thing and sort of know you've asked that question so many times no of course this doesn't add value to my life or yeah I use this every single day this adds immense value to my life you just know this in time and then you start asking other questions and so much of my life is filled with questions and better questions. And it's still filled with problems, too. Orion and I just recorded a whole podcast about relocating from Missoula to Los Angeles. And it's been a two-year experiment trying to, trying to make that happen. Because I have a four-year-old, but her biological father still lives in, in uh, Missoula, Montana. And making that whole thing work out correctly has been incredibly challenging. It's been a huge problem, but my problems continue to get better as time goes on. And so it's not that my life is perfect or problem-free, it's just filled with better problems. Yeah, and really at the end of the day, like, I don't want to tell you to what you should move forward to. I mean, that is, that is something that I think is different for everyone. I mean, I'd be happy to make some suggestions um, and, <clears throat> and maybe we could you know, write more about that. But you know, I, I think we, we do a good job of helping people clear the clutter so they can figure out what path they want to jump on. So if your path is clear now, I mean, I think it does come down to those values and beliefs. Like, what do you want to do? I, I, you said you wanted to find your story. Now, if it, it, it doesn't have to be minimalism. It could be anything. I mean, it could be... Um, and I'm just giving you some ideas. <laughs> uh, you know, you could start taking uh, a couple weeks a year, and I'm... Go to, um, like, like, we went to, I'm going to preface this a little bit. So uh, back in 2015, Josh and I, um, it was pretty much a year of giving for us. Like, everything we could, we could do, we built orphanages, we built wells, and we built this school. We helped build this school in, in, in Laos. And thanks. And thanks to anyone out there who contributed to, towards it. Um, it. Going out there and... Um, just experiencing the community and just how happy they were with like heart. I mean, it's, you know, they have nothing there. There's like kids on the side of the road burning trash and they're smiling like, hey, like just burning my trash pile. 
And, and there's, there's something about having an experience like that for me that really makes me want to do more of it. Now, um, I can't uh, just, you know, ditch Josh <laughs> and go start building schools. Um, but eventually, I would like to do more of that. But I guess what I'm suggesting is find things that interest you. Find things that you, you uh, want to go try out. And, and that is a perfect thing. Like, you could take two weeks. It, it's really not super expensive to get a plane ticket out there. And at the end of the day, uh, when you're there, I mean, it's, it's even less expensive because it's, I mean, it, yeah. So, so uh, f you know, find something, and I would suggest that. Like, go, to, go have an experience like that and see what it does for you. Because maybe, maybe that is going to be your story. But, you know, I could sit here and ramble on a bunch of different ideas, but I would like to get to another question. But go, just try out different things. Um, there isn't ever going to be anything that just jumps out and says, this is it. This is my story. I mean, and, and if it God. does jump out, then be really suspicious. <laughs> no, no seriously, like, because we get excited about one thing, and then we say, "Well, that's what I'm passionate about." But then two weeks later, you're like, "Oh shit, this is hard. I'm not passionate about it." Right. That's uh, true. Excitement does not equal passion. In fact, in fact, the, the you know the root of the word, the Latin root of the word passion, means to suffer. And so, if you want to find what you're passionate about, you probably have to do some suffering along the way. That's a pithy answer. <laughs> Thanks for your question. Thanks for, question. Thanks for coming out. All right, this is our last question. Again, apologize to the folks in line. This is our last question. Sorry, brother. I, this is my, my practicing of if saying no. If we told no. you yes, then we'd have to tell him yes, then we'd have to tell her. <laughs> Thanks, brother. Howdy. Hi there. Hi. My name is Lisa. I'm from St. Catharines. Just hey, want to say, um, love the documentary myself, my husband, my two kids. Thank you. And bought your books, loved them, especially liked Everything That Remains. Thank you. Really enjoyed it. Thank you. Uh, that, my, that's my favorite thing that we've, we've ever created, so thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Um, so my question is, as I say, I've got two kids. Uh, my youngest just turned 11. My eldest is 24. She's here tonight with my husband. She just graduated from university, and my basement, I've really embraced the minimalism ideas, and I've, I've always kind of tried to teach my kids about giving back and things like that, but I've got a basement full of old toys. And my husband's every day, almost every day, you've got to do something about that basement. But when I go down there and I see the things that my 24-year-old played with, yeah. I find it so hard to part with. So. Well, he wasn't playing with it when he was 24, right? No, she. Yeah, no. Oh. <laughs> no, she wasn't. No. Okay. But um, my question is, like, it's not necessarily adding value, but it brings me joy. However, most of the time it's kept in a box. So yeah. any ideas about you know, kind of parting with those things. Can I ask or... you a question? Sure. Do you want to get rid of it? Like, honestly, intellectually right now, do you want to get rid of it? Yes. Well, yes and no. <laughs> I, okay, I, how, how would I, you, how, let, me, let me ask you a different question. How would sure. you feel if, as soon as you walked out these doors and you're like, man, Josh and Ryan are so awesome, really enjoyed that <laughs> event. But then on your way home, you get a phone call and your neighbor's like, I don't know what happened, but all those toys in the basement, they spontaneously combusted. <laughs> Seriously, like, how would that make you feel? Probably relieved. Probably relieved. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So, you know, it's... Kind of answer the question. Yeah, yeah, but here's how you deal with it. And I, okay. I know this because we just had someone call into the podcast recently and, and left this great tip. And, and um, 
Uh, by the way, for anyone at home listening to this, if you have a comment or tip for anyone to, oh, I can't say this right now because we're on overtime. This is only for the, this is a top secret private podcast right now <laughs> for a, a thousand of you and then a thousand of them. Uh, anyway, um, he, we did get this uh, answer. Um, you're going to have to ask your husband to deal with it because he doesn't have any emotional attachment to it. And, okay. and, and no, seriously, so, so this, we had this lady calling where her husband was having trouble with all the photos that he had. And they wanted to scan them, but he had boxes and boxes and boxes. And he knew he'd never get around to it. And so what she did was, I'll take on this task for you. I will find the photos that are... of if, And she, she sorted it out. She said, I'll take the photos that are of people first. And because we're not going to hold on to photos of like a tree in Dayton, Ohio or whatever. <laughs> um, and, and so then she got it down to, well, if there's duplicate photos, we'll keep the one that looks the best and then we'll get down the scan. And so she whittled it down and she dealt with that because she had no emotional attachment to the photos. And the same goes here. You have an emotional attachment to the stuff, to the Correct. toys. Correct. Your husband does not have that emotional attachment. So no. you're going to have to owe him a favor, okay. um, although we don't keep track of things like that, but, <laughs> but you're going to have to ask for some help. It's okay, okay. to ask for some help. And okay. by the way, it's going to help him to get rid of those as well. For sure. For and, sure. It, and it's totally okay to like take some pictures too. Right. I mean, because yes. certainly even a picture of something can trigger the memory. Like I used to have a specific toy. I don't even know what it was called. It was like this monster like broke its handcuffs or something. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I like loved it so much, and um, I have a picture. Yes, that is exactly what it is. And um, I, I uh, had I have this picture that um, it's like me and my cousins, and we're roller skating, and I'm like carrying that thing around. And I totally get, you know, I can totally, um, you know, feel that sentimentality mm -hmm. just through viewing it on, you know, at the picture. I couldn't imagine having that actual stuffed animal now, right. like, yeah. So it's, it's uh, yeah, get some leverage, ask for some help, and, you know, take, a, take some pictures. But ultimately, you already said that you really would be relieved that those toys would just disappear. Correct. Yeah, it'd be <laughs> nice to have the space, too, and not, you know, like, we did clean some things out of the base, but not the toys. And I, just recently, and I really felt that weight off my shoulders, you know? So true. Yeah. Thanks so much, Keep guys. up the great work. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. <laughs>